You're listening to Earth Matters, produced in the studios of 3CR in Melbourne on the Kulin Nation and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. We're bringing you environmental and social justice stories. I'm Corey Green. The Montara oil field is in the Timor Sea off the northern coast of Western Australia. In 2009, it was the site of one of Australia's worst oil spills. Shortly after, oil and toxic dispersants showed up in West Timor, where they caused an environmental and social disaster. In today's show, we'll talk to Jane Hammond, who has made a film called A Crude Injustice, to bring attention to this issue. We'll also talk to Indonesian businessman Ferdi Tanoni, who has been fighting tirelessly around this issue since 2009. This is a short clip from the trailer of the film. For more than seven years, communities in West Timor have been living with the aftermath of Australia's biggest offshore oil disaster. The polluting company denies that oil ever reached the shores of West Timor and says it's not to blame. It appears that when the oil leaves our borders, no responsibility is taken at all. We're suffering. And it's very unfair. The Australian government just sit back and doing nothing. This is Jane Hammond talking about her film. Um, the film is the story of the 2009 Montara oil disaster, which happened off the Kimberley coast of Western Australia, and its impact over the years on the people of West Timor, who were basically um, two, uh, around 250 kilometres. Um, from the oil spill. <clears throat> the oil spill was quite major. It, it covered 90,000 square kilometres at one stage. It was a huge slick. Uh, but where that oil ended up, no one quite knows. Uh, but you go to West Timor and you start talking to the fishing villages and the seaweed farmers and they tell you a, a story that's um, quite different from that that the company says. And, and there's a, a lot of anecdotal evidence that the oil reached their shores and it's had uh, an impact at the time and it's having, it's having a long-term impact on, on uh, fishing communities and seaweed farmers in West Timor. The oil spill was in 2009. What was done to clean up the oil after it spilled? Yeah, the oil started spilling on August 21, 2009 and it, went, it gushed into the sea for another 70 days before it was capped. So it was quite a lot of crude oil. But at the time, nobody quite knew how much was going. Um, it was coming out. The company was saying, oh, you know, 400 barrels. Um, but at the other estimates by the Department of um, Resources and Industry was putting it at like more to, like 2,000 barrels a day. And each barrel was 159 litres. So you can do the math and see that that's quite a lot of oil. Um, so um, at the time, the government stepped in, the Australian government, and started uh, doing some mopping up. It scooped up a bit off boats and, and then it, it sent planes up and uh, st- 
sprayed 189,000 litres of toxic dispersants onto the slick. To, and the dispersants, what they do is kind of break up the oil and, and send it um, off the surface in little balls, little colloidal balls. But where that went, no one quite knows. Uh, we look at uh, the evidence we have, because it's been a lot more studied over in uh, the Gulf of Mexico where there was a similar oil spill 10 months after this one, and we can see that uh, uh, the oil, the same dispersants were used and people have been uh, very ill in the Gulf of Mexico as a result of those dispersants and the oil, because the dispersants increase the toxicity of the oil by 52 times. That's what the science is telling us. So, um, the, yeah, this oil was um, dispersed um, and a certain percentage of it, uh, I'm not quite sure how much, uh, but not a great deal, was scooped up by um, by boats, um, you know, on the surface of on the surface of the sea, operating near the rig. But other than that, it was just um, you know left to fall to the ocean floor or drift in various currents in all sorts of um, directions. Um, the sea itself is, is not um, you know the the currents don't go in one direction; they go. Uh, in you know, depending on the layers of the sea in all sorts of directions, so no one quite knew where the oil went, and and nobody was monitoring um, where that oil was going. There was no subsea monitoring, which is is something that should have happened. There was barely any samples taken, and especially of of fish. The the fish studies came much later um, than um, you know when the oil when the disaster was over. So there was a lot of there were a lot of sailings with the Montara disaster. And a lot of information we just don't know. Anecdotally, at least, uh, what sort of environmental effects has um, the oil and the dispersant had? In on the uh, what we know from um, the people living in West Timor, and particularly around Roti Island, which is off the edge of West Timor, the closest uh, part of Indonesia to Australia, um, we've got anecdotal evidence of people saying that they saw it washing up on the shore. Um, that it came into one area and killed off the mangroves and that area later flooded. So the government's put a big um, cement wall up uh, several kilometres to stop the sea from coming in and swamping the village. Um, so there's sort of multiple um, stories of, of multiple impacts um, depending on where you are and um, and, and who you talk to. Um, but the the there is a consistency at the same time. And, and one of the big things that impacted on the, far, the seaweed farmers, they, they um, grow seaweed off the shore um, in West Timor, and it was an industry that was going quite well and people were starting to send their kids to university that they'd never been able to afford before. Um, and so things were looking up for the people of West Timor until this spill happened. And then suddenly, almost overnight, the... Um, uh, seaweed farms just failed. Uh, they t- the seaweed turned to mush and fell off the ropes and it's only just now starting to recover. But it's, it, and that, this is, we're talking eight years down the track and they still haven't got the harvest that they used to. And the people themselves are, 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 have been inflicted by, by strange sores that they never had before uh, that in some parts are, almost everyone who goes in the sea is covered by these itchy sores that they can't quite diagnose. Um, and they can't quite treat. Uh, they come up in sort of red, nasty welts, and they everywhere you go in West Timor, people are scratching. 
So something is going on with the environment that we don't quite understand and, and that we haven't done the studies on. Uh, but the people blame the Montara disaster because the oil and dispersants came into their shores um, as far as they could tell, um, you know, shortly after the, the oil started to gush out of the world. This is Ferdi Tanoni, Indonesian businessman and the president and founder of West Timor Care Foundation. He has been fighting tirelessly around this issue since the spill in 2009. Okay, West Timor Care Foundation formed back in 1999, just before the, uh, the uh, started the popular vote in East Timor. The, the reason formed this uh, uh, West Timor Care Foundation mainly only to voice the voiceless of the, uh, the rights and interests of, of the uh, Indonesian or, or, or the West Timorese uh, rights and interests of the Timor Sea. That just regarding boundaries and then also the, the oil and gas, etc., extra for the prosperity of the, uh, the, the West Timorese. Yes, and then to anticipate, just in case, uh, East Timor will be separated from Indonesia, and it happened, yes. So how did you first hear about the Montara oil spill? When did you realise um, something was wrong? Uh, the, uh, one week after the, uh, the, uh, after the 25th of August, I remember that, because in, 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 in that time, uh, it's, it's in Indonesia, there is a Muslim fasting days, feast fasting days. So the, the fishermen that, uh, because, uh, you know, before, uh, before, uh, what they call it, I, I do all this, I'm a small businessman for a start, mm-hmm. and I represent the, um, Australian immigration for almost three years in, in Eastern Indonesia facing coupon to issue the visas based on the, uh, the appointment of the Minister of Immigration in Australia. So many people uh, recognize me, especially in Australia, Northern Territory especially, the government people, business people. And since then, you know, uh, after that, you know, uh, you know the, the matter is that the fishermen on, on the uh, Asmo Reef always have trouble with the Australian authorities. So... Many of these fishermen always recognize me and come to me and ask me to, uh, you know, to communicate with the Australian government, especially the Northern Territory government, to, to, to uh, look into their cases. So since then, you know, I always uh, voice out the, uh, the, uh, the, the rights of the, the international fishermen, you know, the uh, traditional fishermen that are around uh, Asmo Reef. Now, one week after that, around the 27th or 28th of, of uh, August 2009, the, the, the uh, fishermen, about uh, uh, three or four of them came to my house, I can remember that, and told me that they, they saw something uh, on, on, on the uh, top of the ocean, that uh, something that, uh, 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 according to them, is, uh, that they never seen it before, you know, just, just like uh, a river on, on the top of the, uh, the ocean. So I, I, I say, okay, I don't know, so I, I tried to find out. I, I didn't find out till uh, three days after that, a friend of mine from Sydney, sent me an email and said that uh, there's a blowout in uh, somewhere in Timor Sea. So I tried to find out the news everywhere. So since then, uh, I, I tried to, uh, what to call it, uh, talk to the press and then also um, try to get the Green Party in Australia, you know, and then WWF in Australia uh, and to find out more about this. And then after that, uh, in around mid of September 2009, we formed what we call Alliance, West Timor Care Foundation, Green Party Australia and WWF, yeah, that's, that's when it started, yes. And um, yeah. how did that affect the environment? Now, it affect the environment up till, up till today, as, as far as, you know, because it's so big, uh, so, so, so big, uh, what I call it, the disaster. Up till now, you know, uh, that, that I can see with my bare eyes, 
It's the seafood, seaweed farmers that now in a certain regions, certain regions, because seaweeds, they always grow the seaweeds just near the, the coast, you know, near, near the beach. So uh, it's still, uh, uh, some areas it's still getting, uh, it's getting waste. Some areas they're getting a bit better, but not much, you know, so. But and then uh, the, 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 the people are what they call it, uh, disease, what they call it, disease in, in the West, West Kupang, or uh, in the West Coast of Kupang. And like itchy, itchy, bleeding, and some uh, uh, to their eyes, you know, as soon as they get uh, contact with the the, uh, the 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 ocean or the the sea, when they came out, they, they, their eyes are a bit blur, or so, you know, and then they have to wait for uh, uh, half an hour to wash, you know, with the uh, fresh water before they can uh, uh, the, their vision can become uh, normal, something like that, you know, and many many other things, and then about uh, about 24. 24 fishermen died of eating fish. Now back to Jane Hammond, who has made a film about this disaster. The Australian Department of Environment did a number of studies relating to this oil spill. What did they find? Yeah, they, after following the um, spill... The company paid for a number of the company with the Thai government-owned PTTEPAA. Um, they paid for um, many studies um, to be done, and most of those studies said, "Oh no, things are right. It, um, you know, it's it's we got off fairly well." Um, the company said that the, the the studies had actually greatly benefited Australia by finding all this information that we never knew before. Um, so they sort of tried to paint a picture that, um, oh, aren't we lucky that we had an oil spill because now we know more about the environment. Um, and, and that's actually a line that um, a lot of the journalists were, were buying at the time, that, you know, it's all, it was all covered in spin, that this was wonderful, um, that nothing much really bad happened and, uh, and um, it's all hunky-dory and off we go. Um, it's very interesting that just... Uh, or in the last 10 days or so, uh, that Mont- uh, PTTEP has been um, hauled over the coal- coals by the um, government regulator, not SEMA, uh, a, a regulator that was set up in the, uh, as the aftermath, in, you know, after Montara, because the other regulators just simply weren't doing their job. So we, we set up this new body. Is that the Australian SEMA. government? Yeah, the Australian government. They've just said... Um, to Montara, well, you, you've got to um, get your act together because um, they gave them, I can't remember the exact wording of the, but some sort of a, a notice because their environmental standards, it's still, in again, in the Montara field, were not up to scratch. So eight years on, it appears that the company has learnt very little and the environmental slackness that caused Montara and the, and the poor management uh, could happen all over again. Um, so that was kind of, I think that's quite devastating. Um, at least the, the regulator is saying, um, you know, get your act together. Uh, it, it's pulling them up on it, but I can't imagine how a company could think that it was acceptable to put in a, you know, like a, poor, a poorly structured environmental application when they've already, just eight years before, been guilty of, um, you know, one of Australia's, biggest environmental disasters and certainly its greatest offshore environmental disaster. And, and this 
sadly, something that not many people uh, remember or have heard much about. And partly because possibly they got away with um, this massive oil spill, this huge environmental disaster. Um, and, and what did they have to pay? Oh, you know, they had to pay a clean-up, which no doubt they got on insurance. And they had to, uh, they had a fine, a fine of $510,000 from the Australian government for breaching regulations. Nothing for the people of West Timor. So those same people who are impacted by a disaster not of their making, uh, you know, they're, they're, I've got stories of people eating two meals a day, you know, for the last few years. They just have to, they, they're living on virtually nothing. Their fish stocks have crashed, their seaweed farms are, devastated um, and they're cutting cane for a living and living off cane sugar. Um, uh, that's what they tend to drink, a, a sort of a syrupy, um, high-energy uh, sugar. That's, um, you know, it's not, it's not uh, the best nutritionally, um, but, uh, you know, there's, they're living off less than $2 a day, far less than $2 a day, a lot of people that I met. Um, and meanwhile, we, you know... The, the company's living high on the hog and and and, um, and continuing to um, exploit the resources of, of um, the Montara field, but then you know not even properly doing their environmental studies. So you, you just have to just throw up your hands in in absolute horror and and um, say you know we Australia really needs to look at its oil industry, really needs to make sure that it is um, you know it's, it's a long way offshore. Are we really watching? What are these companies doing? And when they do something wrong, let's make sure they pay for it. You know, it's the only thing they understand, dollars and cents. They don't, they're, they're obviously not concerned about um, being good corporate citizens or, or even their, you know, their public relations issues if they're um, being caught out again, um, you know, being lax. That was Jane Hammond, filmmaker, talking about the Montara oil spill of 2009 and the effects it has had on communities in West Timor. I'm Corey Green, and you're listening to Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice stories. Now we're going back to Ferdi Tanani, West Timor businessman and activist who has been fighting for justice on this issue since 2009. He's talking about what outcomes he would like to see. What we want is we need a, a justification. That justification is only a research. Well, if, if, if the... Uh, they can't find something related to Montara, then we forget about it. But if they found something about Montara, then they need to be responsible, whoever. The oil company and the Australian government, or, you know, that's... But it needs, because up till, up till today, there is no, and no independent scientific research being taken in this case. So the yeah. Australian Department of Environment has done research on this. Do you think that this research was inadequate? They did, and then apparently it's, uh, it's uh, the Minister of Environment, I, I, I knew him very well, you know, and uh, they did the research in Australian water, but they never did research in Indonesian waters. The Australian government should look into this. We only ask to, to fund research. Not to us, but we appoint the, 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 the independent scientists all over the world to, 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 to do research, and then we, we, we only ask the Australian government to, to, to fund this research, and that's it. Okay, so um, you don't think if they find anything with the research that they should uh, fix the problem? Yes, of course. 
So you're quite optimistic that there's going to be a resolution of this soon? I, 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 I'm very optimistic because like this, for over seven years we've been trying very hard and the Australian government just, just closed their eyes and ears. But in March, early March 2000, uh, this year, Julie Bishop uh, visited Indonesia and met with uh, the uh, Indonesian coordinating minister of uh, maritime affairs. But this meeting, after my meetings and the government with the uh, Paul Gregson, the uh, in, uh, Australian ambassador to Indonesia, you know, and uh, we, 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 we uh, and I did ask that because uh, under our law, uh, I represent the people, you know, and the government is only representing the, the damage uh, of the uh, the uh, environment, you know. So regarding the class action or, or the, uh, the the uh, compensation for, for the community. It is uh, it's back to the uh, to, to the community itself. So they appointed me, including the, the local government out here. So well, uh, in December uh, 2006, 2016, we had that meeting about one hour, and uh, the message uh, gave it to him. And then when Julie Bishop visited Jakarta in March, we had a meeting with the minister, and I think it's good. But in this spirit, we want to push it, and we hope. We hope that uh, something will come out very, very soon. We return to Jane Hammond, filmmaker. So you've made a film about this oil spill because you felt like the issue wasn't getting enough attention in Australia. Why do you think that it wasn't getting very much attention? Yeah, I mean, I was a journalist at the time that it happened. I was working for the West Australian, um, and I kept on it as as much as I I could. And one of the reasons was because from day one, the company was saying, oh, there's nothing much out there, she'll be right. Now, you know, as a long-term environmentalist and and having studied units in environmental science as part of my degree, I kind of knew that that was just not true. So there was an attempt early on, I felt, to cover up the extent of this problem because no one could really see what was going on. No one was being sent out. You know, we had in the film, um, I interview um, Rachel Seawitt, the one the Greens, from the Greens, the Green Senator in Western Australia, and she, she was one of the first to fly over it with um, other advocates and get some independent um, visuals as to what was happening. And, uh, and then we had WWF go out in a boat. Now, why the environmental advocates had to Bring, do it themselves before the government could even get a boat out there to monitor the environment. It's, it's fairly mind-blowing in itself. Part of the issue, I think, is it's Western Australia. Um, we, you know, we are kind of a little bit forgotten, um, but also it's way offshore and no one's really looking. And no one, you know, if you can't see it, it's not happening. 
How can people in Australia watch your film? Um, we'll be, we're hoping to take it on tour. It'll be launched um, on, uh, uh, well, pr- played for the first time on August 21 in Perth at a, a special screening. Uh, and Ferdy Tononi from the West Timor Care Foundation will be coming down uh, to speak to the audience. So I'm hoping after that to take it on tour to the capital cities and to to screen it as much as possible to Australian audiences. And alongside the film, there'll be a petition um, and a little bit of a campaign set up to push the Australian government to take some action because they've been saying they're going to do something. They've been talking to the Indonesians for quite some time, but really it's eight years on um, and, uh, you know, we've had a generation of kids who missed out on a lot of schooling. Um, and, a, and a, a lot of people that have, um, you know, suffered quite substantially and communities that have been set back economically. So the time is, is now to come on, guys, let's do something, let's do the right thing by these people. Uh, this was our problem. This was Australia's issue. Um, Australia's failed to re- failure to regulate a company that really, um, as, the, as the inquiry that happened at the time, the big uh, Montara inquiry found, uh, the commissioner there, uh, David Borthwick, concluded that um, the oil company's practice wasn't within a bull's roar, he used the term, the bull's roar of good industry practice. So they were, um, the, the Montara disaster was an accident waiting to happen. Um, thank you for appearing on the show. No worries. Thank you for having me and, and um, thank you for your interest in this um, this issue, which is really about environmental justice. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Uh, I'd just like to say like this. I want to talk about, as a Timorese, I want to talk my heart now to, to, to the Australian government. I want to call the Australian government to look back into our emotional history. So this is this something I want to call the Australian government or something, please. Based on the spirit of our friendship, uh, togetherness before help us to take this truth to get justice for our people up here. Yeah, that's all. Great. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you. That was Ferdi Tanani, Indonesian businessman and activist, who has passionately fought for justice for the people of West Timor who were affected by the massive oil spill in 2009 coming from Australia's Montara oil fields. We also heard from Jane Hammond, who has made a film about this issue called A Crude Injustice. If people would like to keep in contact with Jane, they can find A Crude Injustice on Facebook and very soon there will also be a website available. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network with Corey Green. If you missed some of today's show, don't forget that our podcast can be downloaded at 3cr.org.au slash earthmatters. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial support and the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in getting this program out to you. Earth Matters was produced in the studios at 3CR Radio in Fitzroy, Victoria on the Kulin Nation. Our contact phone is 03-9419-8377 and our email is earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. That's all for today, but we'll be back again next week. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia, on the Kulin Nation. 
For more information and to find out how you can support 3CR, go to www.3cr.org.au.